Good morning and welcome to the service. Let's join together and sing to God be the glory. welcome you among us today and celebrate the gift of life that you have given each one of us. We ask you open our ears so we may hear your voice. Open our minds so we may receive your wisdom. Open our spirits so we may know your leading and guidance. And open our hearts so we may receive your wonderful love. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh 
treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, 
able, I invite you to stand for the singing of this next song, Wonderful, Merciful Savior. comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Good morning. We have a few announcements to take a look at. There are several in your bulletin and a couple of, uh, a couple of others and some ones that are not part of our usual routine. Um, this is short notice, I realize, but uh, today after the congregational, or after the service, I would like to have those who are able uh, stay for a very brief congregational meeting. Uh, there's, an, there's a part of our church's congregational culture that, uh, that always, that always uh, has missed me in the past and, and misses me again, which is the, uh, the expectation that uh, when there is a baptism coming up, 
that there will be a, a meeting of the congregation to affirm the baptismal candidate. And, uh, and we'll, so, so we won't, we won't have, it's not going to be a long business meeting, but Ethan Unruh and uh, Pastor Russell have been meeting for some time um, about the possibility of baptism, and Ethan would like to be baptized on the confession of his faith. Uh, and we will, as a congregation, meet briefly after the service today to, uh, to, to talk quickly about that and to affirm Ethan in his, uh, in his decision to be baptized and to um, go through the processes that we go through as a congregation to accept a member into our body of faith. Uh, so um, it'll, be, it'll be quite brief, but we'll, uh, we'll do that immediately after the service. If you're not a member of our congregation, you're welcome to stay for it. Um, but you may, also not, you may also feel like not staying for it, and if that's the case, we do have guest speakers this morning, and that, that would be a great chance to uh, chat with our guest in, uh, in, the, in the back area there. Um, and then we'll, uh, as, as soon as we're done with, with our meeting, um, the, then, then the rest of us can go and, and chat with the guests as well. So um, expect we'll, we'll get up and I'll ask you to turn around three times like a cat and sit down again after the, after the service concludes and then we'll have our meeting of the congregation after the service today. It is unusual and I recognize that uh, in general in our church the practice is to, uh, to have two weeks notice for a meeting of the congregation. Um, and I, I recognize that, that this is shorter notice than we, than we should have, um, but I think for this, for this instance, this is how we'll proceed for this one. Uh, secondly, the, our, our congregation will be, uh, this is not in your bulletin as well, we'll be looking for um, nominees for deacon. So if you yourself feel called to the ministry of deacon, or if you are thinking of someone in the congregation who would be really wonderful at the ministry of a deacon. So in our congregation, that is the, in being involved in the pastoral care, visit, visiting and other caregiving measures uh, for, the, for the rest of us in the congregation, and also being involved with our pastor, with Pastor Russell, uh, on the ministerial to kind of, uh, in that part of that, that kind of discussion about the direction setting and the, the kind of the goals of the church in that way. So if you or somebody you know would be really wonderful at that, we will be uh, accepting nominations for the position of deacon starting on the 7th of August, which is next Sunday, and then for two weeks after that until the 21st, and then our church board will, will process the nominations that have come in, and hopefully we can let you know uh, the result of that nomination process on the 28th of August. So uh, be in prayer about that, examine your own self, uh, examine your, your friends and neighbors around you in the congregation, and think about who among us would, uh, would like to join David and Tammy, who are, who are deacons right now, uh, and Pastor Russell, and Dakota as the, the social event coordinator is sort of partly on the ministerial. Uh, so the, 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 group, the group of deacons right now is David and Tammy, and, uh, and then our pastor, Pastor Russell. So that's just something for you to uh, keep in mind there. Everett and Ariana were married yesterday, and there's, uh, so there's lots of things going on this weekend. Uh, the summer is coming racing to a, to a close. Uh, things like prayer meeting uh, are ongoing at the church, and you can see that there. I just want to let you know that within a month or so, I'll be moving to Saskatchewan. So my kids have secured a place for me at Hague. That's where I lived before I got involved with Isaac. Not the same place, but close. 
and then the Rostern Care Home is just a little further down the road, so I'll be well looked after. But you can pray. It's kind of awesome, mind-boggling to know where to begin. <laughs> it's a big transition and a big, a big shift for you and, and for, for us as your congregation as well, yeah. but for you especially. Please pray with me. Lord, you are our Lord. Apart from you, we have no good thing. You are our portion and our cup. You make our lot secure. We will praise you, Lord. You who counsel us, even at night, our hearts instruct us. We will keep our eyes on you. With you at our right hand, we will not be shaken. Lord, you make known for us the path of life. You will fill us with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Hear me, Lord, hear our prayer. Lord God, you have invited us to bring our prayers before you, our joys and our sorrows, our confusion and our um, gratitude, and we do that this morning. Lord, we pray in a special way for Ethan as he prepares for baptism. Pray that you would surround him with your love, that he would sense your presence and your working in his life, and um, that you would be near to him as he takes these final steps of committing to you. We pray for Ariana and Everett as they begin their married life together. We thank you for the lovely day they had yesterday for their wedding, and we pray that you would pour out your blessing on them as they begin their life together, as they um, forge a new path together, as they set up a home, and we pray that in that they will be honoring to you. We pray for Susan Rempel um, in the loss of her brother this week. We pray that you would, your nearness and your comfort would be with Susan and Abe and the rest of the family, that they would find their their rest and, and security in you. We thank you that Shannon's appendix surgery went well, and we pray that you would be with her and Russell as they are at home and as, um, as she continues to heal. We pray for complete restoration in that situation as well. And Lord, I thank you for being with Betty in her big decision as to what to do. Pray, thank you for your wisdom and guidance that you have granted her and the encouragement and support of her family around her. Pray that you would be near to her as she wraps up her life here in McGregor and as she anticipates the start of a, the next chapter in her life in Saskatchewan. We pray that this transition will be smooth and um, that, sh that she will sense your nearness in this. And Lord, we also pray for Rich and Joy, Sayer uh, in their ministry in Spain. Um, we thank you for the privilege of having them in our midst today and that you would be a blessing on Rich as he brings the message to us at this time. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. And yes, we are privileged this morning to have Rich and Joy Sayer with us along with their children, Malachi, Ethan, and Hannah. They have been working with Action International Ministries since 2010. They were in Uganda for a number of years, a couple of years, 
I think at which time they were our missionary couple actually in this church and they have been in Spain for the last five years and at this time I would like to invite Rich to come and bring the message this morning. Good morning everybody. Uh, yeah, it's a little exciting to be back here and it's a little bit of a change of, um, I don't know, I guess scenery for us. How do you go from Uganda to Spain? I mean that's a pretty incredible story that we would love to uh, after the service chat about because that in, in itself is a story that again just kind of shows God's I guess his redemption and his um, love and care for for us in our journey and would be great to be able to share with you but yeah so a little bit of background here's my family because they're over there but um, we started off as a family of four and we experienced a, a surprise gift in Spain so that's been also a very huge learning curve and excitement that, that God is, is always um, really willing to uh, bless us with things when we don't expect it and, and we don't uh, know how it can be used in his journey in our lives. But so, I want to give you a little bit of history about Spain. So, we serve, we live and live and serve and live, it's kind of the same thing, in Sevilla, Spain, which is in the south of, of the country. Um, I don't know about you guys, when I first thought about serving in Spain, my idea was like, but why Spain? Spain has a rich, rich history, Catholic history. They, for all intents and purposes, they found our, our half of the world um, out of their desire to bring the gospel as they saw it to the ends of the earth. But what has kind of happened is that in their history, people have become close to the gospel, close to anything about God, um, mostly because people... Um, and this, okay, I want to say this is a general, general sweeping statement. It can be applied here in Canada, high, anywhere. But people outside of the church, outside of um, evangelical circles, in the Catholic circles, saw how when people would profess their faith inside the church building, inside the monastery, inside wherever they were living, but then walked outside and would belittle their neighbors, would um, try and lie, cheat, steal. Their, their life didn't reflect what they claimed a life in Christ would look like. People were left with two very, very plausible options, and I understand why they came that way. It was either this God that you profess and that you say changes the world, has no power, or he doesn't exist. And so they walked away from anything that looked like faith. They said, I don't need that because it doesn't actually make a difference. And so how the church and how I think I would have responded to this in, throughout history has been... Well, let's appeal to Scripture. What does Scripture say? Well, Scripture says that Jesus does make a difference. And when that doesn't work, you say, well, then you need to believe that Jesus makes a difference because the Bible says so. Well, why should I believe the Bible? Well, because the Bible says you should believe the Bible because the Bible says it's the Word of God. People now especially are a little, I don't want to say more intelligent, but they use reasoning a little more and they don't really accept that line of reasoning anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's I could never be arrested for breaking and entering in someone's house and say, but I say I'm innocent because I said I was at that house instead. It's like, oh, oh, that, that's good for me. So it doesn't work anymore. So how do you share the gospel with people, with a group of people who no longer see scripture as being relevant, um, having any power or authority in your life? In fact, see it as more like a book like Lord of the Rings or any other novel you're reading today. Really, it's, what we've come down to is 
Jesus without the Bible is still Jesus. Jesus is our source of salvation, our source of life in Christ alone. But the Bible without Jesus is just a book. So in order to show people the love of Jesus that is found in Scripture, what we need to do is show them the love of Jesus through our relationships. And so doing that without, without using Scripture is one of the challenges that we've, we've encountered in, in being in Spain. So as we read earlier, to worship Christ as Lord of your life, or to be set apart, set apart Christ in your heart. Religion as a whole is kind of trying to show people you sanctify yourself by your appearance or your behavior, like behavior modification or, um, you know, what clothes you wear, what style of worship music do you listen to at church, or what kind of denomination do you go to. That's where you're sanctified. Whereas Christ wants us to be sanctifying him in our hearts. We want, he wants to make sure that our hearts are right with him, not our outward appearance. So are we sharing the hope, love, joy, peace, and life in Jesus through our actions? Unfortunately, today, there seems to be an overarching emphasis on looking healthy. As long as you look right, talk right, say the right prayers, um, quote enough scripture, um, listening to the right pastors, or even going to the right church, so you must be okay. But I want to share a little illustration with you. Now imagine I have a cup here, a normal cup, fill it up with water, and you put it on the table. If I knock the cup, what do you expect to fall out of the cup? Water. If you would see juice fall out, it would be a little weird. And so it's the same thing with us. When we are filled up with the Holy Spirit, and we have our friend or neighbor come and kind of give us a little shot through, and I'm not talking about like the joking shot, but rubbing us the wrong way, um, doing something that grades our nerves, saying things that are inappropriate, or whatever the case is, where they just bump us and really get on our nerves, what comes out of our mouth, what comes out of our actions, is a symbol of what we filled ourselves up with. So if we say that we are a believer in Christ and that we have the fruit of the Spirit in us, and every time that someone bumps us, we respond with anger, hate, um, slander, things that are against the Spirit of God, it kind of would give us a little bit of a clearer glimpse of what we filled our hearts with. And that exactly is what the people outside of the church are looking for, especially in our communities. They're looking to see that when things go wrong, when things are bad, when things are difficult, how are you responding? You say Jesus makes a difference. And now when you have these bumps, hiccups, tragedies, is your response reflecting what you believe God can do in your life? And so part of that it comes with just how we live our daily lives, how we do connect with people in various areas, whether it's finding a common interest, whether in Spain it's football or macrame, as Joy found out this uh, last few years, um, spending time with each other in each other's company, not just going to the restaurant saying, hey, hey, how are you doing, keeping it very superficial, but being intimate with each other, entering conversation, entering relationships with the attitude of a learner, um, for us, we had to learn how to navigate a medical system. Um, like I said, we went to Spain without four, three kids. We now have three. So we had to go in not saying, hey, we're from North America, we're here, we know what we're doing, but ask for help, be humble, and show that um, just because we are here and we love Christ doesn't mean we have all the answers. In fact, we need more help than, than you guys because we actually don't know what's, what's going on with your country. How, how we navigate the system, how we 
speak the language for that matter, how we do the school stuff, how a lot of things we've had to be humble enough to ask. And when, when you're humble in conversation, humble with the friends, it shows a deeper intimacy with them and people are, are craving that intimacy, not, not to come into a conversation and feel that, well, person, this person knows all the answers, so let me just listen to what he has to say and say, yeah, 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 and then go on about my business. But to have this mutual openness where it, it does really um, communicate something very different. And in those moments, in the moments of openness and humility and vulnerability, that's when people start a, asking questions. Um, wow, you guys, like, we know that you have the same problems that we do. We know that you're married. We know marriage isn't perfect. You have kids. You have kids the same age. You have kids going to school who have the same temptations. You have these concerns about money, job, work. But how you talk about it is very different. Why is that? Why is that when you talk about the problem with your husband or wife, but usually it's the other way around for the husband, um, it's you do it with respect and love. Why is that? And it's open up doors to say, hey, it's because we have a love for Jesus, and Jesus does make a difference. And so, as we've read in the verse, you know, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Well, how do you, how should you prepare yourself to give that reason? By the way that you live. People will ask when they see the difference. If you look like everybody else that they've seen in the church, they won't ask, because they'll make the assumption that, well, it makes no difference. But once you start living, I would say living what you preach, but living what they see Christ should do in your life, it does open doors to have very deep conversations. Also, one thing that we need to be pretty sure of is know what you believe and why. Not to say that I have the answers, because a lot of times, um, I remember growing up and, and coming to faith in Jesus because of my grandparents. And when everybody asked me, you know, what do you believe in? It was kind of, I'd recite what my grandparents taught me. It wasn't because I made it my own. It wasn't because I struggled through things. But it was because of what I listened to with, you know, and today it's, what do you believe? Well, my parents taught me this, this, and this. Or the pastor says this, this, and this. And that's a good place to start. But at the same time, when I think of pastors today, you know, how many evangelical pastors who have been great teachers have just recently fallen into, you know, their secret sins have been exposed. And so that as well, when they see that, it discredits whatever message they've had before, which then discredits the power of Christ in people's lives to our friends and to people outside of the church who, who have, I guess, more of an understanding that we aren't actually perfect. And so as we can come to know what we believe and why we believe it, it opens up, again, conversation. It, it, we allow to have dialogue, agree where we agree with people. Um, we have some good atheist friends who have challenged us because they've asked some very pointed questions. And I remember at one point, Joy and I were talking, and Joy was like, wow, I've never had to think of that before because I've grown up in the EMC church. Same church, actually, whole life. Went to Steinbeck Bible College, continued with the EMC, served with the EMC, and now... I'm somewhere where there is no EMC church and our friends are asking questions that I took for granted because it was just assumed that's what we believed. And so in those conversations, to be able to say, hey, I don't know, but, you know, that's a very good question. It, it's really opened up trust. Trust that we can learn and grow and walk together and trust that we respect each other. Um, 
And so when we can talk with respect, and I know this is very hard for today's day and age, have a discussion with somebody and treat them with respect in the disagreements, it honors the person and it shows that there is mutual ways to go together. It's not we're here and we have nothing to learn from you, but we are doing this together. We have different perspectives, different views. We believe that Jesus' love changes lives and we want to walk alongside you, showing you how it's changed us so that that would be something that would draw you in. And so when we live in a life in a way that is loving, patient, self-sacrificing, others-focused, really actually when we're living like Christ, doors have opened up for great conversations. And I think it'll open up for conversations for anybody when you live in that manner. You know, it'll ask questions about why, why is your family culture different? Why is your work culture different? Why is your hobby sport culture different? Um, it just opens up a lot of curiosity because today, general sweeping, like the church, church culture and secular culture hasn't kept a good, like it's almost melding together to the point that we can't tell the difference at times. And so when you can live in a way when you you know, set apart Christ, Christ as Lord in your heart, in your life, and make him the center, they see that difference in your actions. And so if you're showing the love of Christ in the relationships you've built, you know, they will ask you, they will be interested, but, but, and here is something that I think we can be exceptionally um, eager to get involved with or um, not sure how to navigate this. But I say, don't jump all over them. When they ask questions about your faith, a lot of times, and I, I remember doing it myself and I, I remember hearing it still, people will start quoting scripture. It's like, okay, yes, you want to know about Jesus? Well, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. Oh, hold on. Or, you know that God's coming back soon, so are you ready? And people are like, hold on, let's, let, let's, let's, that shuts doors really quick. If we can talk to them like our friends, and for the most part, I would hope that they are our friends, that we haven't just gone into a situation where they're a project, or they are my next ministry highlight, or whatever, but they're our friends, because we spent time with them, we built relationships, and we've walked through some very difficult things with them. It's only when you've built that relationship on mutual respect and trust where you can have these op open conversations, where you can actually show them the love of Jesus, but then also challenge them on decisions or beliefs that they have or things that they don't agree with. But again, doing it with love and respect, with a willingness to learn from each other. Just because we have Jesus, and this is interesting, just because we have Jesus doesn't mean we have our lives together and we're perfect and we know all the answers. Because actually I've learned a lot of things from my secular, my atheist, agnostic friends about how to actually love like Jesus. Go figure. Um, some of our friends in Spain have some of the most generous hearts willing to sacrifice everything for their friends. But they would say they don't believe in Jesus. That, and I would say I've met some people who are very self-seeking, very, it's me, myself, and my family, and they would profess to be believers. So let's not assume just because someone loves Jesus that that is all that they need. There is that characteristic of Christ that needs to re reflect through us. 
so that when people see us and they have questions, it's because of our lifestyle has lined up with what we say Christ does and believe. So, you know, the fourth point really is sanctify the Lord in your heart. Make sure that he is the center. Make sure that he is what you're striving for. It's not Jesus plus um, King James Version Bible, Jesus plus baptism by immersion, Jesus plus uh, EMC denomination. But it, it, Jesus, punto final. It's, he is the center. He is the source of our salvation. Nothing else. Know what we believe and why. Not to be a know-it-all, but to be able to have conversations where we can say, this is why we believe. It may be different than what you believe, but this is our conviction. And be willing to agree where we can agree and disagree where we disagree, but with love and respect. Wait until they ask you the questions. Don't go into the conversation with that mindset, I need to jump in now because I never know if I'll, I'll be able to share the gospel with this person again. When we go in with that mindset, we kind of lose the natural flow. And I think a lot of times we limit the Holy Spirit's work to our power and not his power. And then when you are asked, because if you live a life that reflects Jesus, you will be asked. Do it with respect and love. Do it with patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And it will blow people's minds how you are not a part of the religious stereotype that people have fallen, fallen into and thought uh, one thing that we, we have shared when we've talked with other people is that it seems that people haven't rejected Christ. They rejected man's representation of Christ. And I say good because that we have done a very bad job at showing the love of Jesus in a way that represents him correctly. And so as you guys go into your communities, into your work, families, I don't know where you're at, um, what, what uh, situation you're going into, but when we can do it with the attitude of Jesus, with the love of Jesus and the character of Christ, it'll make a big difference, especially in today's day and age where people are looking, looking for things to prove that Jesus doesn't exist. And then now, so for us, it looks a little different. Um, before it was, you know, we, we have a catchphrase on our, um, on our Facebook page. It's living, learning, loving in Spain. Because we came with the attitude of, of learning. We're, of course, living there. And this can be applied to actually all of everybody. It's not just us. But we live in Spain. So how do we live in Spain? Are we living a way that reflects Jesus? Are we loving our neighbors? Those who are easy to love, those who are hard to love, those who we would um, not want to love, but God has put them on our hearts. And then learning, being, being a learner. For us, it was language, medical system, school system, um, just the small, even driving, um, had to learn a lot. But now we're adding lead. So our, our, our five years before, we're not changing what we're doing. It looks a little different. We've just added now leading as when we go back, part of what I'll be doing or be a part of to help show people the love of Jesus is taking on the role of a pastor in an international church. And so here's another opportunity to be able to walk alongside a group of believers who have all kind of got the same vision of wanting to be real with who our life is in Jesus, how it changes, and then taking that outside of the building, outside of the four walls, and being involved in the community, showing that actually what you guys as a whole people thought church was, it isn't that. It is something even more and something more beautiful and something more intimate and something more, I, I guess, almost real. 
being able to bring the love of Jesus to people outside, saying, where you're at, we want to be there. You don't need to come into the building because Jesus isn't just in the building. In fact, Jesus is here among us when we love you, when people care for you, when people share their lives with you. And so as, as we go and as you go, we want to just encourage you to remember to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. But what, works even, what is even more important and more powerful is to show that the reason that you have is the love of Jesus. And that will draw people to you to ask questions. And in that, we'll draw them to Jesus and it'll change lives. So thank you for this opportunity just to share a little bit about what God's doing in Spain and I think what he's doing here in, in Canada. When, when we live and we seek Christ first, he is changing and doing amazing things. And so let's, let's not get discouraged. Let's be encouraged and let's go about today with whoever you meet and just love on them in a way that Jesus, only Jesus can. So thank you. Have a great morning and look forward to connecting with you later. Oh yes, I was supposed to say, we don't have new prayer cards. We're working on that. So if, if you're interested, we can talk in the back. We can hook you up with some. Uh, get your information to send them out because I know, like we shared earlier, you guys have been um, caring for us in a great way through the years, through your prayers and that. And it's, it's about time we get a new one because Hannah is a very important part of our family and we want her to, to be a part of our cards too. But um, yeah, so after the service, we'll be out back like we shared earlier. But thank you again for this time. Um, we pray that God would just use my fumblings to uh, bless you and challenge and strengthen and encourage. Rich, thank you for that challenge and for sharing your hearts to ministry. May we be challenged the same way. We're going to close this morning with singing, In My Life, Lord, Be Glorified. Uh, we're going to sing two verses, then I will share the benediction, and then we'll have our final verse. And then we'll have our meeting to follow. from the book of Numbers, chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In your church.